Hello everyone. This is Shunali Shroff and this is Kiran Mandral and, and we, we are, are not, not your aunties. Sometimes you watch a movie that stays with you and that makes you question the reality of the country that you live in. One such film is 12th Fail that I watched this weekend. 5 weeks in, since it's been in the theaters and I have to say I was blown by the authenticity of acting and by the extremely moving and beautifully narrated story. Kiran, have you watched it? I watched it a while ago and I watched it I think 3 uh, 3 weeks ago. It was released, yeah. Yeah, 3 weeks since it was released and we were quite surprised that the theater was quite empty. Really? At that point because once I had watched it I realized this film should have full theater houses everywhere. Correct. It's one of those movies that shakes you completely because sitting here in the city you do not realize the kind of struggles that uh, those who come from the smaller towns and from the hinterlands go through when they go for these competitive exams. It's not just sitting for an exam for them. It's an entire life and the lives of those who who are their family. Correct. See uh this uh, 12th fail is based on a real story it's been directed by Vidhu Vinod Chopra uh for those who don't know and when i watched it this weekend uh, it was running to packed houses because it's picked up word of mouth okay that's and wonderful what stood out for me was that it is based on a real story hmm. and if you look at the story it's really a very the elevator pitch of a movie like this wouldn't amount to much it's a poor man from a village in chambal who wants to be a upsc officer who fails his exam a few times uh, who struggles over those 3 4 years during which time he hopes to aspires to clear the exam and eventually i will not reveal what happens but the point is he's 12th fail which is the name, which is the title of the film as well the beauty of this is that i was watching some footage on it in some interviews of the original manoj sharma on whom the film is based and manoj was saying that there are a couple of things that India needs to change. One is that nearly ninety-six percent of this country speaks in a local dialect or Hindi. In the movie, also you realize that his uh, lack of grasp and command over the English language is what is held against him in his interview. So he says that do you think that these people are not talented? These are the people who actually want to change the country. People who come from villages who have seen abject poverty and who feel that there is corruption at the you know at every level along the way and that such a struggle all the way to the top that if they get into positions of power they can really shift the needle and then vikrant masi said that when he was shooting all the students they've used in uh, the on the set are actually upsc aspirants mm. and he said that after spending time with them he got to know that compared to elite all of our children will eventually mostly end up working for themselves more capitalistic goals but these people who come from villages and small towns in india actually want to make a difference to this country they dream of that they are driven by that and what are the chances that they make it look at the number of seats thousands and thousands of them are competing for lacks of them lacks, lacks sorry. of them yes i lacks stand corrected of them for that those handful of seats and the title itself 12 fail is very poignant because he is 12 fail because he doesn't cheat in the beginning uh he meets uh, there no, was no, something health fail because uh, every year huh. the school cheats cheats and that year, year the school uh, the, there's an inspection so they can't they cheat so the whole class, class failed fails. right and then the next year when he appeared for his exam again he didn't get the first uh 
division That's that right. he normally got because he didn't cheat. And that was something that was asked of him. Why have your grades dropped? And he was honest enough to say that. He too was inspired by somebody who was an upright officer. Yeah. And an IPS officer, yeah. That gives you hope. For me, I think the realization, Shonali, very honestly was, I did not know the number of people who struggle to get into the prelims, the... Uh, the exam, the then the question, the, uh, interview. the interview, these three stages, and they're so critical. And the fact that you don't have a grasp over English can cause a problem when you're giving your exam because you confuse tourism with terrorism. I know something oh my as God, basic that, that broke my heart. Something so that basic really broke my heart. In fact, I wept through quite a few scenes in the movie, and I laughed as well. For ten lakh applicants for UPSC, only about. 700 to 1,000 seats are available. Now, look at the ratio. And these are people who are hoping, like you said, there are so many lives tethered to them. Responsibilities, a poor mother dying on a deathbed without two square meals a day. Mm. It's that level. And, you know, I was thinking, he goes to a bookstore, Kiran. He wants to buy, uh, see, Abdul Kalam, as a, uh, Abdul Kalam, Kalam is the poster child of poverty leading to this degree of uh, dignity, success, and stature. So he wants to buy a book is for 99 rupees and he hesitates. He can't, but look at his circumstances. The way he, he works in a flour mill. He works in a flour mill and he's working in that environment and studying by night. When I think of my son with his room to his disposal, with his meals being served to him on a tray. Kiran, our pets, forget our sons and daughters. The amount of privilege they have compared to that is insane. And the value for that privilege, zilch. We can't blame them. them I thought that's about that. it. I did think about it. This movie is an eye-opener for us and we've uh, inhabited this planet for several decades now. Yeah, hmm. It's introduced us to the real India we normally shy away from because there's just too much soul-destroying reality there, hmm. right? So, uh, if you, the, my, my, my children used to say that. That when I made them aware of their privilege, which was very frequently, and talked about, you know, what kids in Syria were going through, for example. But they were like, you know, Mama, my problems are my problems. I'm not going to think at the time that a child in Syria is going through this. Hmm. So, I mean... We can't blame them, we for, can't the, blame them for that. But they need to know. I feel that yeah, somehow you need wrong. to know that what kind of resilience the people who try for these exams have. And I love the fact that one chap who was... <laughs> Feeling every single time, but was tutoring the other people. Amazing. The, I mean, the, restart, gen the, restart the restart guy. Restaurant. The generosity of spirit. Ki, okay, I'm not making it, but I can help you. I've made it to you. I can help you get to Leo. And then after that, if you make it through the interview, that's your luck. But at least to Leo, I can help you. And you know, the generosity of spirit to help the others out when it is such a competitive field. The lives that they live, the cram schools, the kind of textbooks, not having money to buy those guidebooks. Getting second-hand books. You know, he said uh, in his interview somewhere, uh, Manoj Sharma, he said that uh, he even walked dogs for a living when he was in Delhi. And uh, all those years when he was applying and trying for UPSC, he stayed in some extremely squalid neighborhood of Delhi where four or five of them shared a tiny little room. And, uh, okay, those are stories that happen in Bombay also. You hear of them. I think what also stands out, apart from the fact that he's challenged his circumstances and overcome everything, he held on to his honesty. Because he, I was thinking at that time, I would totally lie through, through that interview. 
Hmm. I would. Hmm. Because uh, he's asked that why did you not state, why didn't you just lie and say that, you know, you were ill or something that year when you failed your 12. Somebody passed away. Right? Yeah. But he was ma- such a principled man. Hmm. And I thought to hold on to your principles when you don't have do vakt ki roti, right, so to speak. It is so hard. Where do you find that today? And also, I think I took away a very big life lesson from that particular interview, even though I'm at the there's no career left. <laughs> Fag end of the career, forget it. Oh, so, I always tend to get intimidated if I go to certain places or certain, you know, where you think there are more important people and there sure. are more powerful people. But in that scene, I realized that you are important. What you bring to the table is important. It doesn't matter who is at the table. What you bring to the table is that what is important. And what scene in the movie made the you inter- feel that? In the, the interview. interview. Yeah. And you just be your authentic self. And the rest is not important. I think we all need to yeah, sort of take... Yeah, there are two things. I think we're living at a time where everyone has to blow their own trumpet. Mm. And sometimes, and Kiran, you and I know people like that. Okay, We sure do. We sure do. People are blowing their own trumpet, running after celebrities, trying if there are no endorsements, at least photos with celebs will help. You know, uh, constantly speaking about themselves on social media, social or in the, even in their own, you know, articles and ch- uh, chat groups. However, I realized that greatness and authenticity speaks for itself. You know, I sort of always believed in this. Uh, but when you see the current trend, you sometimes wonder if you are just really being impractical and holding mm. on to such outdated ideas that don't sit well probably in the time that we live in today. But they certainly do. And you know that uh, his wife was also on the interview, Shraddha Joshi. Mm. Who comes from a more privileged background than Manoj Sharma. And she's pretty in real life too, exactly as in the movie. So the interviewer asked her that, what made you fall for him? Because he he wasn't some staggeringly, staggeringly good looking guy. No. He no, just wore the same thing. shirt every day. He had dusted flour all over his body. He couldn't speak English. English. And she is from an English medium school and from a privileged background. And she said, his self-belief. Ah, that's so lovely. She said his determination and his self-belief. It was rare and it was extraordinary. And the other thing she said was that every time I met him during those years when he kept failing, when he wouldn't meet me because he had no time between staying up all night studying and doing odd jobs in the day to just buy himself one meal. He used to eat one meal at 5 p.m. every day. I was thinking people do one meal a day diet today. The elite. This is a man who couldn't... uh, had to do OMAD as it is called because he had no other uh, option. And uh, she said that is what stood out. And his determination, he used to smile. Even if he didn't make it, he used to smile. Hmm. And um, I didn't realize until I watched this movie that even if you clear all all stages of your written exam, exam. if you don't clear the interview, it's over, over and you get only four trials, right? So he says that, you know, I had decided that if I don't make it, I'll go and teach if not in the village, I'll teach at the institute where teachers teach you to prepare for UPSC. So she said, I found that smile on his face against all odds mm. and the ability to restart. Mm. She said, I found that so impressive. And I think of it, Shunali, when you have four attempts that you give, you've spent four of your prime years studying for that. You've already cut yourself out from other job opportunities because you've crossed the age limit. Yeah. What do you do after that? So there's so much, not just the getting in that is so difficult because as we know, 10 lakh people appear of that barely 1,000 get through. Correct. 
the rest of them what do they do after that how do they pick up the threads of their lives he said something interesting he said that you know uh, i think vikran masi said this because huh. he, you know they were really deeply involved with this project with with mm-hmm. the vinod chopra and the real people who were who the story is based on and he said that all of these people i've met even the upsc fail they said that their lives did find their own course forward okay that's wonderful so to know so do not put pressure on your kids that if you don't make it this is the end of the road for you mm. and the other interesting thing which i really moved me was that manoj sharma said you know all those people who don't speak english and we are still suffering from uh, Hmm. this colonial slavery it's not even a hangover hmm. to english he said you know when i go to conferences even today most conferences and symposiums in this country happen in english yes he said that man that hindi speaking man or who's not comfortable expressing himself is not lacking in brilliance by any stretch of imagination absolutely but he hesitates to express his ideas because he can't speak the language of our old masters and he knows that the elitist crowd will Look laugh, down. Uh, look down. They laugh at him, and mm. it'll be written about that. You know, he couldn't manage, and there'll be memes about him. So he said, "Are you saying just because he doesn't have your language skills, he is lacking in authenticity or ideas to change? Mm. Whether it is bring about a change in the field of medicine or you know at a bureaucratic level?" And he said, "It hurts me." He said, "I still get emotional when I see the frustration of these people because that is the real India, not you bunch of elites sitting in top positions in mm. your smart suits, and therefore you know the symbolism of the tie for the UPSC interview and those tight shoes that they show." He said, "Even today, why are we made to wear this tie in this weather and this climate?" In this weather, suits. he said, "I feel so suffocated." And you know, my father was in the army. Even today, you will see these. people who are uh, who are watchmen and security guards and sentries as we call them outside uh, fauji offices are wearing boots boots and those high collars tight collars yeah um, i mean we really need fabrics. to get rid of this hmm. nonsensical actually it is nothing but slavery and kiran i'm sure you and i have privately growing up also laughed at people who spoke incorrect english you know once upon a time i used to be a i'm ashamed to say i used to be a grammar nazi mm-hmm. on twitter age and has shown me the error of my ways hmm. i need to appreciate the fact that somebody is speaking english as a second language that they know one language more than i do because i cannot read any other language without a translation hmm. fluently i am the one who's lacking not them i always think of it that i cannot read a book written in any indian language very fluently i cannot write very fluently they can sure. my only grasp is on english what am i f- feeling so proud about And uh, speaking of this, there was a very lovely scene in the uh, movie. I don't know if you remember that when he asked for a glass of water, mm-hmm. and he requested that the water be brought in a steel glass. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, "Why would you want it in a steel glass and not in a glass uh, glass?" And he said, "Well, it's the content of the water that I have to drink, and it doesn't matter in which what glass it, it in. what you serve it in." And that's with Hindi what and English. What a metaphor! Yeah, it was wonderfully done, and I really, really, Shunali, I hope. the movie does get a lot more word of mouth than it has no i think it is getting it uh, is yeah the fact that between the time you's watched it and i watched there wasn't an empty seat in the hall oh, i was like on the second row wonderful uh, no i think yeah and maybe kiran you and i and people who watched it need to actively it's no longer only about showing our children that they have really extremely privileged lives that's just one aspect of it but this hindi Mm. Uh, and it's very uh, rare that you will find a fluent english speaking woman in today's day 
dating a guy who can't string a sentence straight in English. Correct? Yes, and that was like way back. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. Actually, let me just be honest that as a writer, and even just as a normal person, even if I weren't a writer, I don't think I would have married a guy who 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 struggled. Uh, you know that. Right? So <laughs> I must who, who struggled with his language with with English. Mm. So what the hell is this? I mean, I'm ashamed of how I've been. I'm ashamed of everybody who thinks they're superior. And why should, uh, though they're given an option in the UPC uh, oral uh, language of preference, it should be Hindi or English. You are given that. But you know, when when you write, the time given to answer a paper in Hindi and English is the same, it seems. And uh, writing uh, the Devanagari script takes longer. Takes longer. longer. So, uh, Shraddha Joshi raised this point, who hmm. is uh, the protagonist's wife. She, I mean, the, the real actor, she says, she's also a bureaucrat herself. Selfish. They were both UPSC uh, students. So, she said that there should be a bill or there should be a thing that people who write in Hindi should be given more writing time. Hmm. And be given their due. Basically, let's start doing things increasingly in Hindi. Or any... Of the national. Why are lit fest? Uh, how many Hindi literature festivals are there in the country? I don't even know, firstly. There are regional language lit fest, mm. and there They're are. They're called vernacular. This yeah. is the problem. And there are lit fest which uh, focus on land, um, translations. Mm -hmm. So there is no, that I moment. I know translations, but I'm saying it's still a fringe thing. It is still a fringe thing, and it is primarily Indian writing in English that gets uh, all the visibility, all the speakers, the, the bulk of the speakers, yeah. so to speak. So you will have a Paramal Murugan. Correct. But you will have the bulk of the rest of the speakers who are writing primarily in English. Yeah. And they don't find easy publishers. I'll tell you my grandmom. She's actually my grandmom's sister, but I call her my grandmom. And her husband was a Sahitya Kala Academy Award winner for writing in Urdu. Now she's in her late 80s and she was speaking with me just two days ago. She said she writes beautiful short stories, which are far superior than what is passing off in this country in the name of short stories in English language. Okay. She writes in Hindi, uh, which is Hindustani, actually, mm. with a lot of Urdu words thrown in. And she was like, I'm not getting a publisher. So I'm self-publishing at 88. Oh. She's self-publishing a fifth book. Wow. Uh, I love yeah. the spirit. Exactly. So I'm just saying that uh, there aren't that many takers. And where have you and I even gone and read? You know, that's what I'm embarrassed yeah. about. Yeah, I cannot I'm read. I'm ashamed, actually. Yeah, I cannot read anything unless it's in translation. Yeah. And that's a big failing on my part. Correct. You know, Kirana, kids are only mostly driven by profit. Passion and profit, sure. But mostly it is profit. What will earn me more money? That is because they are kids. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I, I'm we not finding fault with our kids. This is us. And these are the schools where they go, where they rub shoulders with kids who, you know, pay heavy, heavy sums of money for school fees and tuitions and all sorts of things because ultimately they want, it's about a bank balance. And this made me realize, you know, I don't know if you've, uh, you've uh, met bureaucrats in your life, you know, in my life, because of my dad being in the army, we had a lot of friends who were, you know, in bureaucratic positions. And now I understand why who we call refer to as babus, why do they carry so much attitude? And why do they have a chip on their shoulder? Right? Look at the struggles that they have Gone, gone through. through to get to this point where they are and really these people are brilliant what a memory they have I, these are people who are family friends I'm telling you they are geniuses but there are two levels of babus that I've come across one is the, the category that comes from the hinterlands is really the ones who have struggled like the 
the protagonist in Twelfth Fail, and then there are the dynast the dynastic babus. No, but the dynasty. I mean, even if it's dynasty, how do you become a bureaucrat without no, passing UPSC? No, you have to pass. But your family has been in the services. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. they have had their path, you know, cleared from them. They Correct. know what to expect. They Correct. they have been given the proper training, and they are impeccably polished and true, refined true, true. because they come from that kind of a background. Yeah, like uh, Shashi Tharoor is a yeah. career diplomat. diplomat. Obviously, he's gone through all of the, the grist of the exams and admissions. But then he also comes from. And a certain privileged background. Privileged background, correct. So I, I think that is uh, there. There is that divide that I have seen yeah. amongst those who I have met. But th this category that comes from the hinterland, who make it pay, uh, through the exams, through the interview, hats off to them. Really, hats off to them. Serious respect. I had no idea it was so. And tough. you know, serious respect for Viduvino Chopra for making a story like this. And he said that he related with some of the struggles because he's himself been through quite a few struggles growing up. Mm -hmm. um, and I think till you've gone through these struggles, they won't resonate with you as a film, as a creative person or an actor to bring them uh, to life. And I think even Vikrant Masi said about the same thing. So I think struggle is important in life. Of course, struggle is important. And as a viewer, you're watching the third person interpretation of the struggle. It is not the first person. Yeah. So you don't know exactly what the first person, the original Manoj Sharma has gone through. This is a representation. I know. So we are twice removed from the actual yeah. struggle. So the actual struggle, it must have been much, much worse than what we see. Of course. They said that we can't show that the book is based on a book, right? Uh, they said we can't show everything. So the dog walking thing is in the book. Mm, it's That's not yeah. in the book. But I remember that uh, 99 rupees. See, in India, walking a dog is a very low profession. Outside of India, it's it's common. Yeah, and yeah. students are doing it. Yeah, yeah. And with that, this is a wrap on this episode of Not Your Auntie. This is Kiran Manral. And this is Shunali Kular-Shroff. Write in to us. Uh, tell us what you liked and what you didn't like. I'm at Kiran Manral on all social media. I'm Shunali Kular-Shroff on Instagram and Shunali Shroff on Twitter. See you next week. Ciao. 